Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You found the Playmakers on CBS Sports Radio 1140. Paul Ihander and Lindsey Brown with you on this Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for making us a part of your day, hanging out with us this afternoon. Yes, thank you. I think we bring on a special guest every once in a while. We get to peel back the velvet rope, take you inside the professional ranks of the current and former athletes out there. And we've got a special one joining us right now. He is currently the president of the Dallas Stars Foundation. He's also a small business owner as well. He owns a... Uh, a brewing company based in Canada, which sells beer. And there are many pictures of him leaning against uh, beer cans on his Instagram. Got to put those up. Increase awareness of the brand. On the gram. You can follow him there. MTurco35. I think I I heard him chuckle. Uh, It is a former NHL netminder, Marty Turco, joining the Playmakers. Marty, thanks for coming on, man. No, no. Uh, I was excited to be on. That's hilarious. You guys are uh, (laughs) creeping me on Instagram. I love it. How you guys doing? Doing pretty well, Marty. I mean, the Golden Knights uh, lost the game last night, but but the, the Dallas Stars, with their delayed start, have been able to capture the same kind of magic that led them so close to the Stanley Cup last season, or at least like two, three months ago. Are they riding a wave, or is this is this a, a team that has taken a step? Uh, I don't know who's riding a wave during COVID uh, from one bubble to the next. The, the boys look good. Um, you know, it's only three games into, I think, honestly, it's, um, we got a good team. I think that's what the wave is, you know? So there's, uh, you know, they're fun to watch. It's been, um, you know, it's been enjoyable. Uh, we, we got a few fans there and all that, but, uh, you know, the guys are, the guys just look good. Obviously Toby's playing awesome as well. And that's, uh, always good to have a goalie and gain some confidence especially in the jersey number 35. And that was the number you wore. That is the number that I wore during my career. And She'll keep reminding you I, of that, literally, Marty, by the way. It's, uh, uh, your Instagram <laughs> handle includes the number 35, as mine does, because I'm one of those people that bases you know, almost my entire identity around that number. But everybody has a story uh, for, for, for why they chose it or why it was chosen for them. What's that story for you, and what does the number 35 mean to you? Well, that's a great question, um, but what it really means to me, and it came to the biggest light possible when I went to play for the Blackhawks, the reason uh, pretty much directly why I wore um, why I wore 35 is because of Tony Esposito. Tony, the Chicago great, 
uh, from Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, like I am. Him and his Hall of Fame brothers, uh, Phil. Uh, he was number 35, so everybody fought over the number when we were younger. Probably didn't know why at the beginning, but it's just a famous number. A great goalie number, as, as you know, because you wore it. And uh, then I go to Chicago, and the reason why I wore it, I couldn't wear it because it was hanging in the rafters. So that was uh, was my number almost exclusively growing up. Uh, juniors, they weren't going to make a new one for me, so I had to wear number 30. Uh, my first year pro, Mike Bales, uh, he was senior, so he wore 35. And oddly enough, the next year he's like, dude, everybody's wondering why you're not wearing it. It's like your number or something. So he switched, we switched numbers the next season, which is funny. And, but as my jam, uh, my whole career, I was lucky enough to be, uh, one of uh, many, uh, people that you would know in the war 35, but, um, I mean, Tony Esposito, especially for Northern Ontario kids, uh, certainly means a, a great deal. And when I broke a record in 2003 for lowest goals against, it was his record. He wrote me an awesome letter, he was just proud. I was from a Sioux guy, and um, one of the things I have today that I really, I really cherish from 135 to another, and talking to another great one tonight. Oh my goodness, we're gonna have to cut that up for all of the promos, and I might have to listen to that, but right before I go to bed every night. Uh, but when it comes to that, that kind of road that goaltenders go through to get to the league you kind of highlighted some of your early pro days but you know you were you were Canadian and you chose to go to Michigan and not only did you choose to go to Michigan you won two national championships there and actually hold the record for for most wins with 127 and and for for those of us that are entrenched in the in the hockey world we know that the the road from the NCAA to the NHL isn't exactly a one that is paved with with golden bricks I mean it's gotten it's gotten better as of late but how did you, how did that unfold for you? Did you did you face a lot of adversity? Do you have to kind of uh, show that you're like it's not just about the college goaltending? Leave that alone. Just look at me as a talent. I'd like to say it was a, a, a path that I had envisioned that I knew would be amazing, um, one that I dreamt about, but it's, it really wasn't the case. Uh, you know, back in the '80s. For me, most of my childhood, uh, I was born in 75. And, you know, all that childhood, I was just like, loved Major Junior. Uh, of all my things I draw with, with my, uh, in school was with Canadian flags on the helmet, mask, Canada Cup was a big deal. Playing for country was, obviously NHL was what we watched. Uh, but I watched a lot of junior hockey in my hometown. And there's a Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. My Gretzky came through there when I was two years old. Um, you know, Rick Tockig, John Van Beesbrook, a lot of, a lot of great players, uh, in the eighties and the nineties. And, and, uh, I wanted to play junior, but wasn't good enough. Uh, when I was 16, 17 and I never drafted to major junior. And, uh, as I got to that point in my life and uh, I was just, uh, enough maturity in my lifetime, um, to say, Hey, you know what? Now that I can play major junior, and this other opportunity has arose uh, in college hockey, still not being a blue chip recruit. Um, I'm like, I'm going to take a crack at this. this I, I'm not making NHL a pro. It's not even on the cards. The fact that we'll get an education, uh, possibly an amazing school, which anybody's offering free education and has a hockey program. Uh, I think that's pretty darn cool. I was, I was really, really fortunate to be honest to, um, have that all work out for me in terms of timing. Uh, Michigan needed a goalie when I was 
had to get recruited. Um, uh, they weren't, they, they'd been to final fours. They weren't winning and the games my coaches had watched, I would steal some games and, uh, had a demeanor that they liked. And so it really was just a, a, a um, the lining of the stars for, for me. And it really meant a lot to my whole life, not just my hockey career to go to the university of Michigan, um, you know, lose big games, win championships, to be around a lot of great people, have a mentor in red Berenson, like we all did as a young man. And we were just like, uh, you know, looking back, how, what an amazing experience we did have. So that path wasn't clear for me to you, to the real question. Uh, but it's one that, uh, I look back at fondly, and uh, feel a whole debt of gratitude for that school institution, um, the NCAA. And, uh, you know, I still try to milk those championships as much as I can when I'm in the business world. <laughs> of course. Uh, former NHL netminder, he's also the president of the Dallas Stars Foundation. Also a small business owner as well, Marty Turco, hanging out with us here. Uh, Paul and Lindsay, the Playmakers, here in Las Vegas this afternoon. Uh, Marty, let me ask you, as we navigate the bubble, we, we kind of let off the – ask you a little bit about the team. But, you know, is, as someone who, who uh, spent a lot of time, you know, uh, traveling around and now you see the guys kind of locked down a little bit, you know, how challenging is it, you know, for the current players, you know, in this COVID environment? And you're a family guy too, so I'm going to ask you the question. How do you think you would have done, you know, in this day and age, knowing what the current players are having to deal with? Uh, you're right. I don't know. Um, you only know what you know, and as hockey players getting paid to play this great game, chance to win Stanley Cups, make playoffs, make history. Um, it shouldn't seem difficult, but, you know, it is. Um, you know, the guys, the way they describe the bubble, tough, um, this COVID scenario. Um, but, I, I, you know, just thinking back to my playing days, you know, we're, we're hockey players are just creatures of habit, um, love to be told what to do. This takes your mind off it, you know, show up here, do this, don't do that. Okay, sure, yeah, dump it in, not, no problem. <laughs> you know, so uh, for the most part, it's, I think it's it's highly manageable um, for the young guys. Really, no problem. I think for the older guys in the 30s with families, probably a lot tougher. Um, and it's supposed to be the best time of your life. But at the end of the day, um, playing in the NHL is is a privilege, and um, just to abide by the rules set forth by the league and or the the government and the state, and uh, just to do the right thing, whatever that might be. Um, I don't think is lost on the guys. So I, I think they're doing a great job. They did for the playoffs. Um, they're doing it now, taking everything in stride and um, picking themselves up. You know, we missed our first four games and it was not fun for our fans and our players, but uh, we'll make those games up and you just got to do the best with what you got. And then, so they're, they're doing that and that's just a typical hockey fashion shining through when it counts the most. In addition to the change uh, in environment and just vibe around the game right now, we're seeing a real revolution in the utilization of the goaltending position itself. And, you know, I'm looking at your, your stats right now uh, throughout your career, and I'm just like 74 games played in, in 2008 and 2009. I'm like, I don't know if we're ever going to get back to that point because there's so many teams going with that tandem style. And it's not just about, you know, not being in the in the net every single night which goaltenders like us are wired to to want or wired to to strive for what kind of mental adjustment do do you think these guys have to make to stay at their best even though they're not getting rewarded in the same way that we always kind of have been yeah you know it's a little mystifying to me um 
But I didn't grow up in the era, or not grow up in it, I didn't play in the era of these analytics. So, you know, people trust the numbers, they believe in the process, you know, these very generic terms, and um, without sitting down, stripping down all of it, and looking at the raw numbers to say, okay, this is true, then uh, I go back to my own mentality of like, coach asked me to play, I'm playing. Can I play? Yeah. Can I win the game? For sure. Um, doesn't always necessarily go to the goalie. Uh, but a lot of other thing factors too, just to be fair in terms of uh, recovery, hydration, sleep, the body, longevity, career-wise. Um, you know, you started seeing with pitchers. Uh, I think first and foremost, uh, just you know, count pitch counts and saving arms and then careers or uh, sustainability through a season. Uh, 74 games in a year is it is a lot. Um, wasn't my best year. But we needed it, you know. Other guys were hurt. We're winning. Um, you know, we were trying to make the playoffs and um, just get on a roll. So uh, I'm, I'm still the old school mentality. You know, if if Dave Tippett or Hitchcock asked me to play, I'm playing. Uh, unless I was really hurt. If I was really hurt, then I wouldn't even be on the ice. Um, so yeah, this things have changed. Until you're in that mix and, and get all the full information, I I can't say I have a, I have a really clear answer to that but uh, for for our mentality when i played um you know you wanted the net i i love my you know almost all my partners that i had i wanted them to succeed because then the team succeeded i wasn't playing to not let them in there um well, we were just playing the win and uh so it was uh looking back we play, i played a lot of hockey i played a lot I had a short span i didn't play games i was 25 and um you know the first two years were uh, back in the Belfour, and then, uh, you know, I pretty much saw the games that I occurred were in a seven-year span, um, you know, with a lockout, too, one of the years, right in the middle of all that. Uh, you know, missed the whole season. Um, but, uh, again, like I said, it was a privilege and an honor to play in the NHL, and it's a great game, period. Uh, had a lot of fun, a lot of great memories. Uh, won a lot of games, had a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and, um, no regrets for my end, but uh, yeah, I don't know how much fun I would have had if I had to only play 52 games every year. So you're saying you're the e-bug then, Marty? <laughs> no, not quite. But, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, listen, uh, if you want to, if you want to pull the pads off the wall or wherever you keep that, keep, keep your old gear, I'm sure you could, you'd, 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 you'd go right back out there, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And my, my last 20 minutes, um, that'd be the over under. Uh, just from uh, from being in shape perspective, seeing the puck get scored on, I get pulled. But uh, I might last the whole game. Who knows? Once in a while. But uh, these guys are good, man. You get, the way the goalies train, size of them on average. Um, there's no reason not to have two good ones. And um, you know, watching these guys play, there's some goalies you're like, oh, where's this guy from? And they just technically sound. Equipment's awesome. And uh, not too many mistakes out there. But uh, they're still fun to watch. But I'm I'm I'll forever be old school and you get to this age and uh, that doesn't bother me one bit. And that old school mentality, you know, we all have uh, shots or certain scenarios that we struggle with. And, and if you don't work on them, they're just not going to get better. And, we, you know, it's, it's human nature to try to avoid the tough stuff. But what type of shot or play scenario uh, did you struggle with most as you developed? And, and how did you approach improving that? What did you do? Well, you know, you know, we always when you're in the middle of it, there's nothing you're struggling with, of course, right? <laughs> but, exactly. 
you know, like have all all coaches who never played the position, they're like, oh, I hate traffic. You know, uh, like most goalies, blockers a little bit slower than the other side. Um, I thought a really eye opening at the end of my career to be around some um, French goalies that were trained since they were ten years old to just to move. You know, with that with that with that. Uh, front leg recovery and um trying to learn it as a 30 some year old was a little bit was a little bit difficult but uh uh you know the one thing i'm most proud of that you know was a weakness was just making sure you're you're playing you know you get paid to play play to win to play to win but if you're hurt you're not um but the game itself was just increasingly difficult guys could all shoot it. Uh, the speed of the game from when I retired, even until now, is just exponentially faster. Um, and so I was just always working on, you know, just being healthy, uh, getting in there, uh, moving. Uh, and then for me, as, a, as an athletic goalie, trying to harness my energy um, and just to do it properly, you know. And uh, But I, by the end of the career, I was like, man, these guys, some of these guys are just moving so darn easy. Um uh, just wasn't the way I, I was self-taught and was just an athlete with goalie pads on. So, uh, you know, try to give him a little bit extra on the glove side. Uh, playing the puck was something that helped us win hockey games that I really worked on and uh, with my teammates and for my own skill set. It made a big difference for us as well. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun doing it. Uh, you know, looking back, watching old tapes every now and then or see it on TV, getting scored on, you know, like, Man, how did I survive? <laughs> how did I? How did we do it? But uh, the shootouts came middle of my career. A lot of fun. Um, got a bunch of ties. Got some free wins and shootouts that you normally would have been ties. So uh, you know, it was always a work in progress. Always something you had to be better at. That was the mentality. Whatever you're good at, try to keep it. And whatever you're struggling with or weak at, you're just trying to get better and uh, get back to that zone mentality that uh, goalies want to have when they're on their game. And you mentioned that that early age specialization that you kind of saw at the at the tail end of your career, and you know that's really ballooned, you know, to, of of the professionalization of youth sports in general. Do you think that works against goaltenders that like yourself uh, that are more athletically inclined? Because if you're getting that much instruction, if you're you're working on efficiency right away instead of just kind of playing things out and 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 learning by trial by error, do you think it's we're in a better place or or in a worse place in terms of goaltending development at this point? Um, we're definitely in a better place. Um, technically speaking, just makes the game easier. And, and, and the way I look at it, you know, I let you look at the top end skill, top end goalies. Um, you know, there's no, it's really hard to find, uh, you know, really technically sound guys that aren't athletes that are the best in the world. And, you know, the, the, the Jaguars of the world, um, they're just, they're not there. They, they, they might make the league. Um, but you know, they're not going to, I got no chance to dominate just to, the game is too fast. You need to have, um, both be technically sound and, uh, and then rely on your abilities to make the saves that, you, that aren't coachable. And, uh, those are what those, these guys are doing. The, the older guys of Carey Price or, you know, Pekka, who's, you know, not started anymore. Those, they had a lot of technique to their, to their game, but when they need it, the, the skill set comes out and, you know, young guys like, uh, Hart and Philly. I mean, he's just, he's super clean and, you know, in his movements, but, uh, he's still an athlete and a competitor at heart. And, 
that's what makes him, you know, one of the best young goalies in the world uh, as well. And, you know, even, even Lundqvist, man, he's super technical, played deep. Um, but there's a reason why you didn't score on him very much in shootouts or in breakaways because um, he's an athlete and he can read. And, uh, you know, you, you can be all technical and, and you know, have perfect positioning and hand movement, but if you're not watching that puck and you're not picking it up and you're not tracking it and you're not sensing the game um, at this level, even, even hockey, when you get in your 20s, you know, you're not, you're not going to last that long. It's the, the game's too fast and guys are too good. So, yeah, there, there's certainly a place for it. Um, I probably said it mostly out of jealousy than anything because <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, my style was no style. Um, you know, Dominic Kashik created it. His style was just, they don't know what I'm doing. How do they expect to do it? Um, that's the one thing maybe I think is wrong is, or it's not wrong, but it's, uh, goalies, uh, watch NHL guys and they all play like that as young and they teach it like that. So it's very similar motions and, um, you know, shears pick up on that stuff and they know tendencies or they, you know, where hand positions are and, for certain shots or for, for moves and breakaways, but uh, the hashtags of the world were tough to beat because you didn't know what they were going to do. Barrel rolling, poke checking, stacking pads, not moving, you know, uh, kept everybody on their toes. So there, there's a place for it, but I think I think the, the law of the coaching is in the, it's in the right place and they're just trying to get better. And, you know, techniques will always – not everything's going to work, but for the most part, people pick up on really good trends, and um, I see really good, good young goalies – uh, today when I'm around the rinks. Goaltending is art in motion. I always say that to Paul, right, Paul? Yeah, it's, 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 it's the truth. It's pretty much every day, Marty. Uh, Marty Turco, <laughs> chairman, president of the Dallas Stars Foundation, played in the league for 11 NHL seasons, all-stars, uh, charitable work and contributions, uh, hanging out with them today. Marty, before we let you go, uh, you know, I wanted to ask you about the brewery and things like that, and you've got beer, and, and you mentioned Ed Belfour, who, who uh, also owns a spirits company, and, you know, you went to the University of Michigan, which obviously laid the groundwork for, your, for you know, having that business and whatnot but that business is in canada as a small business owner has that been a challenge for you yeah it has um but it hasn't because my cousin mark the co-founder of the brewery uh, mark muzzin he's up there and overseeing operations and our, our production facility build out uh sales and you know all things kings of brewing i'm down here in dallas where things are a little bit different um but we're selling down here in texas too so that is um you know my job is to you know, take my Michigan days, um, time in the, in the NHL and a lot of great people in the business world that had around me and, uh, translate it to, to my team, help, help mark out, um, talk things through, make a plan, um, be competitive, uh, and, and learn too. I think that's the number one thing from young goalies that I talk about is like, you watch the puck, is that your job? And you learn, you know, and, uh, no different in this instance, uh, a little more, more on the line, a little bit different craft, but, um, you know, drinking beers is, is fun, but uh, selling them, um, having budgets, uh, forecasting, making plans, getting investors, keeping people up to speed, trying to keep it all in one place. I'll tell you, it's been, a, it's been an eye-opening experience, to say the least, but I rely a lot on my goalie skills um, and, uh, you know, try to stay calm in there. When, when, you let one, when you let one in and account gets by you or there's not enough pull-through, uh, it's not about dwelling on that goal that went in. It's about, you know, making that next save and moving on and, and having the, the next win. And uh, uh, the game's been great. The 
was lucky to play when I was 36 years old. Now it's the next chapter. And so the, the hanging out with the kids and, and, my, and my wife has been awesome. Um, going on to the next chapter, hanging out with the Dallas Stars. Uh, getting to watch hockey, being around a lot of great people here in Texas. And then starting a business that's international. I'll tell you, it's, um, it's been really eye-opening. But uh, I appreciate you guys asking me about it because it's a passion of mine. And uh, I love having a family business with my cousin, um, employing people through the pandemic. Uh, I never thought it would be as rewarding as it is. Um, so I'm just looking forward to these next chapters, talking hockey. And I really appreciate um, shout out to you guys. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Kingsvillebrewery.ca is where you want to check it out. Marty Turco, president of the uh, Dallas Stars Foundation, chatting a little hockey with us. You can follow him online. MTurco35. That Great is the, number. That's the Instagram and also uh, Twitter as well. We threw you a couple of extra follows there, Marty, just to beef it up. All right. Uh, you guys are the best. I, hopefully I get the 27,000. I don't know what it is. Absolutely. <laughs> we would love to help you out with that. It's been an honor. Marty. Yeah, yeah, likewise. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you so much. Marty Turco, uh, longtime NHL netminder, all-star, and uh, all-around good dude. Good to uh, yeah. good to finally get a chance to hook up with him. We've been working on that one for a little while. And, uh, Goalies always are the best guests, Paul. <laughs> Lots of personality here. Yeah, that's uh, a great number. Very, Again. Yes, he wore the number one. We didn't actually. No! <laughs> we did. How dare you? <laughs> We're supposed to be helping his brand. Come on. Yes. Uh, coming up next, one day contracts. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.